guess. What what are you doing? All right, all right, all right. I'm just getting into my Makana. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, wait, is that a Lincoln parked in our in our driveway? Sometimes you just gotta let the road take you where you're going. And be in a movie that's three hours long for ten minutes. No. No. You're not... No. You're not gonna make me watch Wolf of Wall Street. No. It's got a wolf. No. Of Wall Street. No! 150th episode, baby. It's the Wolf of Wall Street. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. (laughs) Number one rule of Wall Street. Nobody... I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in fucking circles. Least of all stockbrokers. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? Mm-hmm. Fugazi. It's a uh, fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a f- fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It, it's not fucking real. Right? Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it. You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you. That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and we are 150 episodes deep. And I am a very unwilling guest. Maybe I shouldn't have used the term deep on a Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> so much. Yeah, the, there's nothing deep to this. This is a very shallow pool. Okay, so before we like picked this, we were going through our voodoo, and I said, I've never got you to watch an episode of Save by the Bell, but uh, Wolf of Wall Street is the closest I will get you. Okay, so as someone who's never seen Saved by the Bell, I don't, you know, that means very little to me. Okay, so I'm How gonna... is Wolf of Wall Street in any way resembling, you know? Here, let, let me explain something to you. You're watching that something, and tell me what, what you're watching. You're watching a show where the guy's talking to the camera, uh-huh. can freeze time, Yes. Uh, is a narcissist, is a sociopath, is dating a beautiful woman, has Uh a nerdy best friend. What are we talking about? I don't know. Both Wolf of Wall Street and and Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. He he talks to the camera. He freezes time. He basically can control the situation, just like Wolf of Wall Street. The woman who runs the... Wait, there's... there's Time control and saved by the bell? Oh, yeah. He can freeze time. No, he can't. Yes, he does. He, he says time out and he freezes it. Seriously? Yes. I've never heard or seen that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen a few clips of saved by the bell. Like, I know Zach Morris is trash, but <laughs> this, this is... I don't know anything really significant about saved by the bell. His two best friends on Wolf of Wall Street are geeky Jonah Hill and John Barenthal, who has nice slick back, you know, black hair. Two best friends on Saved by the Bell are geeky Dustin Diamond Screech and Mario Lopez with slick back black hair. You know, we watched this last night, and I was thinking as I, you know, drifted off to sleep last night, this isn't actually that bad of a movie. No, but... This is, this is a, you know, a good story about the pitfalls that come with achieving, you know, the American dream and, you know, uh, a man crushed under the weight of... His you don't success. even believe what you're saying right no, now. No, I don't. I'm, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. This is. I don't like this movie at all. So this is kicking <laughs> off award season. Snubs. I can't believe you even started to believe that. <laughs> you sounded so sincere. Anyways, this is Snubs and Shrugs, and this is not a snub because it was nominated for five Oscars, five BAFTAs, and six Golden Globes. Or was it three Golden Globes? Anything over one Golden Globe is too many nominations. <laughs> this movie is trash. It. It really kind of is. It's very candy-coated trash. And if you're wondering, Scott, why are you talking about this movie that you clearly own? I got it as a gift. This was a gift. This was free, and now But to be fair, you have bought some terrible movies in the past. Uh, Like what? Excuse me? 
I mean, there's so many. I can't name them off the top of my head. Buckaroo Banzai is great. <laughs> well, that can be argued it's a cult The room classic. is great. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, this was this time period. No, I'm saying you've bought some terrible movies for the sake of this podcast. This is true. <laughs> you can't argue with this that. This is true. <laughs> but now I, now I have an affinity for Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> Anyways, Wolf of Wall Street. Why don't you give us the blockbuster rule? You're in a blockbuster video, and what does the back of this video... Okay, so Jordan Belfort is a man climbing the ladder of, you know, success, and then he takes some cocaine, and he uh, makes his way up that ladder really fucking fast. (laughs) And uh, unfortunately for him, the way down uh, is very painful and, you know, filled with lawsuits. Yeah, like, there are so many times in this movie, and, like, he could have gotten he away with... He greases his own ladder, too, if you, if you think about it. Yeah, he could have gotten away with it so many times. Like, there, two hours into the movie, he could have cut the deal with the... The, um, tra- the FBI, yeah. Not the FBI, it was the um, the other one. The, the SEC? Yes. I don't know if it's SEC or SCC. Whatever it was, yeah. he could he could have been out ten millions of dollars. Whatever the watchdog for you know the financial sector of the world is, right? He could have been out ten millions of dollars and just walked away, and he still would have had his fifty million dollar empire. And yeah, because that's how we you know reward criminals who are in the top one percent. But the real Jordan Belfort is still getting away with this. He's a he's a speaker. Yeah, about success, which I do not understand. So the movie, I feel like even though there are times where it's clearly clear that like they're not trying to, despite their best efforts, they paint him as a very sympathetic character. Well, okay, so next week... And we're I gonna... don't like that. Well, next week we're going to be talking about Vice. Um, not you, but like that's an example of a movie where he's not empathetic or sympathetic the entire movie, and I hated it. This movie, I kind of like that. They tried to make him empathetic and sympathetic at different points. And then when I think about it, most Scorsese movies try to make their villain empathetic and sympathetic. Taxi Why do you dri- say empathetic? You keep saying empathetic and sympathetic. It, it, they teach you in film school, you don't want a sympathetic character. You want an empathetic character. You want someone you can relate to and be empathetic to. It's you- one thing to relate to them, but it's another thing to root for them. Yeah, and, like, in the beginning, you root for him when he's with... I I have... No. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the first time... Right away, he makes... No. He's, like, a good guy for, like, ten seconds of the movie. The rest, he's a a sniveling dirtbag trying to sell penny stocks to poor people. Yeah. He is not a good guy. When he finds out from Matthew McConaughey that he can be drinking, doing cocaine, and masturbating. Literally. He he literally gives him, like, the handbook of how to be a douchebag. Matthew McConaughey does. Yeah. And And he's like, how how many times do you jerk off? Like, you know, you're going to, well, you're going to. You got to get those numbers up, buddy. Yeah, you got to get those numbers up. All right, all right, all right. The the okay so when I was doing research for this, the real uh, I forgot the the guy's name, but let's call him the real Matthew McConaughey. He was actually involved with Stratton Oakmont way more than the movie led on. He was the original benefactor that got them into Wall like Street, like an investor. Yeah, he was the one who got them into Wall Street. They they glossed. Well, over that. I mean, but he, here's the thing: he is the one who told Jordan Belfort right away, like, "Hey, we don't give a shit who we're selling these things to." The point is we're making money and we're making a lot of money. What you got to do, buddy, is you got to take the money from their pocket and you put it in your own. All right, all right, all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You could say it's like a triangle. Or a pyramid. Yeah, or a pyramid. Or a scheme. A pyramid scheme. <laughs> so DiCaprio, this is his, what, fourth or fifth biopic? Yeah. So the difference between him and Tom Hanks in biopics, you believe Tom Hanks as this guy. When when uh, DiCaprio is in the biopic, you don't believe that he's really this guy. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I just I don't know if it's just him doing the New Jersey accent. There's something you mean about the Queens accent. Yeah, Queens accent. It's from Queens, not Jersey. Oh well. <laughs> and then he lives on Long Island, and he crashes a helicopter. In 
Yeah, so they frame the movie as he like when he's already successful. Then in the middle we kind of see like his rise. His rise and then of course there's the fall that comes at, towards the very end. But is it a fall? No, it's a very gentle one filled with pillows and feathers. What is one of my biggest fears of all time? What what am I afraid of? What am I deathly afraid of? Well, we are in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> I was talking about helicopters. But <laughs> yes, helicopters. Yeah, this movie starts with a like a helicopter. <laughs> so, so crash? My t- question mark. So, my two biggest fears are occurring while I'm watching this. I'm watching a helicopter nearly kill him, and then I'm in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, uh, DiCaprio, he's not the right choice to play Jordan Belfort. I just. You know, I just wonder, and of course, like, this is a Scorsese movie. It's going to be, like, hyped up and, you know, over-dramatized. But I wonder, like, what did really occur in the life of Jordan Belfort? Like, were they, like, just having parades around the office and, you know, throwing little people at, you know, giant darts? That stuff was the real stuff. The the fake stuff was more of the heart-to-heart moments. Really? Yeah. I, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's, like, video footage. They filmed it on old, like... Of, like, them doing, like, you know, debaucherous stuff throughout... The debauchery. The- I don't know if they did the, the um, the darts with, uh, you know, the... Little people. The yeah. little people. But I know that they had, like, a marching band, like, a naked marching band, because they have shown the video footage. Okay. <laughs> Also, this movie, uh, I'm trying to think of who the YouTuber was. But I some, mean, I shouldn't be so surprised. Rich people are weird. A YouTuber went through, and all of if if you cut out most of the sex in this movie, mm-hmm. this movie is only two hours long, or maybe ninety minutes. Like, oh, so I could have saved myself a <laughs> world of you know pain and suffering. The, this movie is just... A, it's just a fever dream. It's, it's really a fever dream. And remember, I said, let's just watch this movie because it goes by quickly. It didn't go by as quickly this time. Yeah, because we started at like 9 o'clock at night. But Yeah, this is true. But No, oh, this isn't a fever dream. This is like... I guess this is how it feels to take a quaalude. Kind of, I guess. Because, if, if that's what they're intending on, like to make us feel like we're going down the The staircase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like... This movie relies on, on a very greasy, messy staircase covered with cocaine and panties everywhere. Well, it's not just that, but but Jordan Belfort talks about everything he does, and like after watching this movie, you feel like you need that that you know a hot shower or cold shower or something just to get the grossness off you. Yeah. Um. Also, he had the best wife at the beginning. He had Kristen Milioti. And he treats her like shit. Well, I mean, did we expect any less? <sighs> no. No. Because, like, as he started to earn more, he started to feel like he deserved more. And the problem with that is he didn't. No, he really didn't. And Scorsese directing this movie, like, this doesn't feel like a Martin Scorsese movie. This feels like a movie that, like, a director trying to be like Martin Scorsese would do. Like, uh, yeah. Like when um, David O. Russell did American Hustle, and they're like, this is like Scorsese. Or when Todd Phillips was like, uh, made Joker, and they're like, this is like Scorsese, but with the Joker. It, this this feels like another director. This should be like Jason Reitman doing The Wolf of Wall Street, not Martin Scorsese. It just feels like it's doing all of the elements that is typically found in like an Oscar-winning movie, but doing like the cheaper version of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, but... We have all of the Scorsese tropes. We have the unreliable narrator. We have the New York back setting. We have the three-hour... Sorry, go ahead. The three-hour-long runtime. And then you have the the sniveling sidekick, which I guess this time Jonah Hill is the Joe Pesci. Yeah, and remember how, like, when we first saw him, my first... The first thing I said to you was, is he wearing a flipper? And I was like, what's a flipper? (laughs) Well, if you've watched any bit of Toddlers and Tiaras, it's like the fake teeth that they put in to make them look pretty, but it actually just looks creepy. Yeah, he's wearing fake teeth. Um, Also, he took 
at this point, Jonah Hill's pay grade was up because he had already been nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. and he's already been a proven box office, you know, idol. He took a huge pay cut. Guess how much he got for this movie? I have no idea. I'm not even going to venture $60,000. Oh, really? Yeah. He got he got scale. He got $60,000 for this movie. I think he got back-end points, but he took a huge pay cut because he wanted to work with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. So he had to take a pay cut? It's the only way that... Because DiCaprio's salary and Scorsese's salary were so much. And they also... So they're like, oh, you can be in this, but we just can't afford to pay you as much. Also, they had to pay uh, Jean Desjardins, the Swiss banker, because he has an Oscar. You have to follow the rules. So yeah. the more Oscars you win, the higher your salary goes, obviously. Or if you're, you know, DiCaprio and you're the star of Titanic, you know. Okay. Yeah. So he took a huge pay cut. I mean, I always figured that was the case, but that's, still. That's also know. why they casted an unknown Margot Robbie at the time. Because mm. the actresses for this role for... Who's just doing Harley Quinn. <laughs> well, that, Harley that's Quinn what, before Harley Quinn. That's why I was thinking, like, watching this movie, I'm like... DiCaprio would have made a really good Joker if they casted him as the Joker with her as Harley Quinn. Like, because... I mean, if you think about it, he's kind of like the Joker. Yeah, exactly. And that that got me thinking, like, this movie that we're talking about this week is him as the Joker. Next week, we're doing Vice. That is that is uh, Christian Bale as the Penguin. So maybe I should just find, for the rest of award season, I should just find different people doing different Batman villains. Yeah. <laughs> because he is... He's laughing all the time. He's doing all these drugs. He's not cognizant. He's causing damage to everything. He's the fucking Joker. Yeah. And that point when he says, looks down at the barrel of the camera and says, we need to kill Batman. (laughs) Also, we have, there are four directors in this movie. Four people who are actually well-known, established directors. You have Rob Reiner, who plays his dad. Yeah. Because Alan Arkin said no. Alan Arkin read the script. He's like, this script is 390 pages. I'm not fucking reading it. And he threw it out. And okay. So you have Rob. I mean, I don't know what you would ex- if you'd expect any less from Scorsese, but okay, sure. Well, they didn't know that. Like, Scor- I know Guillermo del Toro writes, like, mini novels for his, like, characters. But at this point, they didn't know Scorsese was directing this movie. How do you not know? Because this this script was on the blacklist for the longest time. Oh, I wonder why. And keep in mind, we say that we're not prudes. Neither one of us is a prude. It's just... Haley, they had out-of-wedlock sex in this film, and they were doing drugs. Oh, my drugs. God, I, how dare they? I was clutching was, my pearls. He was sniffing drugs off a hooker's asshole? Like, what? <laughs> For shame! For shame! That was gross. <laughs> but it, it happens. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it's when it's, if this was a, f- like a, f- uh, a made up. St- I thought you were about to say, if this was a family film. No, no. If th- I was about to say fantasy, like, but that's not the right description. If this was a made up character, like if this was fictional. a book. Yeah. Thank you. Fictional. God, I'm tired. If this was fiction, I feel like I would find it a lot more believable kind of yeah yeah in a way <laughs> exactly the fact that you know that this actually happened or most of this happened yeah so getting it, back to it really bothers me because he got away with it getting back to the he got four, away with way too much the four directors in this movie you have rob reiner uh-huh. the man who made when harry met sally and the mm-hmm. princess bride john favaro mm-hmm. jonah hill he's a director in his own right yeah Spike Jones is the guy at the penny, um, the penny stocks. Yeah, the one that he like makes his real, it yeah makes his real killing. Yeah, yeah. And um, he is the director of her. So he was nominated for an Oscar for her when Scorsese was nominated for Wolf of Wall Street the same year. Mm-hmm. And her is a better movie. So was Margot Robbie working exclusively over in like Britain, Australia? Aust- Aust- oh yeah, that's right. She's Australian. <laughs> she was an Australian soap actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. She started on the same soap opera that uh, Russell Crowe and Nicole Kidman and Kylie Minogue were on. Oh. And we can't get her out of our head. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Margo- a reference to a Kylie Minogue song? Yes. Ah. Locomotion. 
Um, anyway, so Margot Robbie in this movie, um, apparently her her parents saw this with her. Oh, did they? And they're like, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, Haley watched this movie with her parents the first time. She's was not prepared. Was not prepared. And my parents aren't prudes either, but, like, there's just some things you don't want to watch with your parents. Like a bunch of people having an orgy on an airplane. Eh, yeah. Or a bunch of people having an orgy in a Caesar's Palace. Or a bunch of people having an orgy in in an office building. Well, eventually on this podcast, I am going to have to do Swimming Pool, the movie that I saw with my mom. That'll be fun. Anyhoozle. But so Margaret Robbie watched this with her parents and she convinced them that it, it was a CGI body double for her. And then uh la- oh. then later her mom came up to her and she goes, That hey, wasn't a CGI body double. I mean, double. you know your your daughter. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, so apparently like before CGI she- is not that good, sweetie. I don't know why she has a southern accent, but Oh, you're like one of those people who can't do an Australian accent and you do a southern accent. I could do an Australian accent, but I'm tired. Okay. I'm very tired. <laughs> And I don't my I don't feel like wrapping my brain around it. Okay. <laughs> that, so uh, Margot Robbie uh, was approached by Scorsese. He's like, "You can just be in a robe or lingerie." And she goes, "No, I got to be naked because Naomi." Well, this half is- the other fucking people are. <laughs> well, her her thinking was Naomi. This is how she gets her way. Her 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 one asset is her body. And he's like, "Oh, good point. These are my eyebrows." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, DiCaprio was like, uh, can we hurry up? I need to uh, get out of here. <laughs> like, Jordan Belfort gets where he is by being a total scumbag and lying, and she gets it through, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> the 80s, hell of a time. So I looked up the names of, of his wife and both wives. So his wife, Teresa, in yeah. real life, her name was Denise. And Did she get a book deal? <laughs> I don't know. He's the only one who's got a book deal. I I want. She probably just honestly wanted to go her life to go back to normal. Maybe. Yeah, because she owned her own uh, hair salon. She probably just wanted. Also, it's like you know, like your husband scammed a ton of people out of their money, like good, hardworking people who just wanted to take a chance. But and she was the, the other... one who had the idea of going after the rich people. Well, yeah, but but well, she said, "Wouldn't you rather if you're going to, you know." If you're going to reach out to people on these bad loans or these bad, you know, investments, wouldn't you rather go after people who can afford it, can afford right. the loss? Right. And, and that th- makes sense. But, you know, welcome S- to capitalism. So Margot <laughs> Robbie's character, Naomi, her real-life counterpart is named Nadine. They weren't even trying. <laughs> What's another end name? Natalie? No, that's too That's too authentic. Nadine? Naomi? Yeah, okay, I'll just put it in there. Type, type, type. Let me ask you something. If you were Nadine and you found out that there was going to be a movie made about your life, but you found out you were going to be played by Margot Robbie, would you be upset? <laughs> when this came out, probably, because Margot Robbie wasn't famous. Yeah, but she's still really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but, like, well, also, here, like... Here's the list of actresses who uh, were too expensive and almost got the part. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Amber Heard. Okay. Eh? Yeah, I can see that, but... Um, Blake Lively. I'm so glad she wasn't in this. Riley Keough. I have no idea who that she, is. From Logan Lucky, the sister from Logan Lucky. She was also Don't in... Really remember her. She was in Mad Max, Fury Road, the redhead. Oh, her, Elvis's yeah. granddaughter. Okay, got it. Um, And then the the other one... Elvis's granddaughter's too expensive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she was an established actress at this point. Oh. He was looking for someone who wasn't a star yet. Okay. And then the last one was um, uh, Carrie Mulligan, which was the weirdest of all of them. I'm like... Yeah. Okay. I'm like that one. That's the most. You want a British actress who starred in period pieces? It doesn't make sense. Oh, an Australian soap actor though. That makes total more sense. Yes, it does. Really, more sense than I. I don't know. It, it, it's like I. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, every no shame on everybody. They're giving like elevens in terms of performance, but. 
the writing good or bad 11s because <laughs> at, at, at points DiCaprio's 11 oh, at is points yeah I mean at points it goes you know sideways a couple times but I have no doubt that everyone's giving their all in one respect or another also, I, I know for a fact Margot Robbie was really uncomfortable with the whole daddy, like that scene. Does daddy get a kiss from both of his little girls, huh? Oh, no. No, daddy doesn't even get to touch mommy for a very, very, very long time. Daddy's really sorry about what he said in the other room. He didn't mean any of it. Daddy shouldn't waste his time. And from now on... It's going to be nothing but short, short skirts around the house. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is an uncomfortable, cringy scene, especially when your parents are in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And it also proves what a... a Also heard, like, kids in there, too. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, that kid was probably... Can't form memories. What, two years old? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But Um, (laughs) imagine being that kid as an an adult actor trying to make roles... uh, Make... Get roles... In the future. Yeah. Be like, I was a oh, oh, I was the baby in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that proves what a douchebag Jordan Belfort is because he's like, is, Mommy, is there something weird about Teddy's eyes? Yeah, the, the whole, yeah, the camera scene. Yeah, it's just like, honestly, I mean, we know what was keeping their marriage together at that point or yeah. in the story. So, you know, I mean, there, there was only one way it could go. Let's feel, be honest. I feel like the only person who could really play Jordan Belfort would have been Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. I just don't like how he treats his office. There's there's two things I don't like. One, he treats his office like like a general getting ready for battle. Yeah. Very much so. He's he like, you guys are my warriors. He has a microphone in the middle of the fucking office. Yeah. You guys are my warriors. We're getting ready. Like, you're going to answer those phones, and you you guys are on the front lines of all this. And it's just so stupid. Like, you're on the front lines of, you know, being assholes. I did like how they actually included the real uh, – they didn't include the real-life uh, female broker, but they included the real character of Kimmy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her real-life ca- counterpart was named, but that was a real-life character. Yeah. Because it shows you that, you know – Women can be just as cutthroat as men and just as debaucherous. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, like, they show, like, the office is pretty diverse. Right. It's got that going for it. I don't know who played her, but let's call her either not Nikki Glaser or not Chelsea Hamlin. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, she's one of the other people who tries to, like, who, like, is used to kind of try to cast uh, Jordan in a sympathetic light. Because she's like, you took a chance on me. I was like, you know, I had barely, you know, two pennies to rub together and... You know, you you pulled me, you know, from the dirt and you made me what I am. Yeah, but also that scene, once again, as I said before, makes me upset because he could have just walked away. <laughs> could have just Oh, yeah, he, he gets the opportunity to cooperate with the police and he gets a fucking sweet deal. Considering all that he's done. He just has to pay $10 million in fines and yeah. he has an empire of $150 million. Yeah. Oh, no, he's only going to have $140 oh, million. Oh, baby. Oh, oh no. no. You still have the, you know, my idea of luxury is just slow closing drawers. Like, yeah, he's got a horse track and a helicopter and yeah. a swimming pool and a golf just, course, yeah, a golf course. And, and like, it's just for me, I mean, granted, I like, you know, I don't expect to ever achieve that kind of wealth in my life, but just, just like, what do you do? Really? What do you do with all that money? So it's just it's 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 absolute insanity. Like and and to want more, I don't understand. But I don't. I I'm not a greedy person. I just. <laughs> so the year this came out, they made two jokes at the expense of both. That's quite a humble brag on my part. I'm just not a greedy person. I'm just a good person. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, like there are people who like buy. Like we we've heard like of you know celebrities or you know the rich one percent buying these ridiculous things, and it's like. You yeah, have to Rupert Grin bought an like, ice cream truck. Yeah, like, like, are you just bored? Like, are, how? I just don't understand the thought process of getting to the point where I need to have like an uh, like an um, uh, uh, like filigree silver umbrella stand. Like, I just yeah. it just baffles the mind. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, if I was an actor in the the eighties or nineties, 
I probably would have bought a Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, no. That wouldn't have been a great investment on your part. Unless you bought the one in Alaska, because that one's still going strong. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... It's the last stronghold of Blockbuster. I understand celebrities, like, buying... Um, restaurants and stuff to try and but that's a why but see that's a wise move because you're leaning on something to fall back on if you know because you know when you're a celebrity and when you're in movies like things change as you get older things change like you know in terms of the roles you get yeah so that's a smart thing you invest in other ventures it's 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 wise it's a wise move yeah or uh if you're an actress you turn you know 26 and Leonardo DiCaprio stops taking your calls. <laughs> <laughs> and as his girlfriend said, Google Gaga. <laughs> Please take me to Oshkosh Bagash. <laughs> I can't take full credit for that joke. That uh, belongs that, to. Um, let's go to court. Yeah, the podcast, which I highly recommend. So, uh, but yeah, the reason why I bring that up is the year this came out was also the year of gravity. And they made two jokes at the expense of DiCaprio and Clooney um, about, you know, Dating younger women, uh-huh. and the joke. Although Clooney is not in that camp anymore. No, he's not. But but uh, the joke was Clooney rather uh, die in space alone than have to be with a woman over twenty five. Jokes on them. <laughs> yeah, and then he was probably dating. Uh, what's her name at the time? Yeah, no, Amala was two years. Amala, later. that's that's who it is. Yeah, um, but with, with DiCaprio, they're like, yeah. So uh, being with all those models. How old were they? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the joke. Honestly, you should get called out for shit like that. Because it's like, if you if you find yourself always in the company of people younger than you, I, you know, I'm going to wonder about you. You're right. I'm going to, you know, that question will come up. I hear he's a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate what he's doing for climate change. Yeah, I his, guess. his documentary on climate change is pretty good. But you can, but hey, if there's anything we've learned, you can still good do thi- do do good things and still be a shitty person. Case in point, this movie, Jordan Belfort. Yeah, I don't know, but why- he only does good things for the people he likes and the people that he, are in his inner circle. Right, like when he tries to um, save. Uh, What's his name's character from Jonah the FBI? Hill. Yeah, he passes him that note like I'm wearing a wire. Don't incriminate yourself. And then, and then Jonah of course, Hill screws yeah. him over. So Jonah Hill like, screw, character screws him over a lot. Yeah, not just him, but he also screws over John Barenthal, which yeah. John Barenthal was the third choice for that role. Mm. It was originally supposed to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? And he that would have been weird. No, I can see it because. The movie he directed instead was Don John, where he played a very similar role. Oh yeah, I forget it. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, and I always forget about that movie. <laughs> ever, it's a very forgettable movie. Yeah, and then the other person was Chris Evans. Okay, yeah. I can't see Chris Evans. I can kind of see Chris Evans doing well, that. The weird thing about like this yuppie mafia is that they're supposed to be like the yuppie Jewish mafia. Okay. Because are they? Yeah, um, John Barenthal's character has a high. Uh, he wears a gold, oh. a gold high, and uh, Donny Azoff, okay. uh, Jonah Hill. But they're just nerds. They're all just nerds. Even DiCaprio's character is a nerd. Jordan, I don't even think they're nerds. They're because like spazzes. nerds implies smart. Like these people, they're not smart. They're ju- they're clever, and oh. there's a distinct difference because they're clever in that they can like convince you and manipulate you into giving up thousands of dollars on something you have very little understanding of. So then they're a New Jersey term. They're chud. They're chuds. I have no understand. I have never heard of that term. It's it every, every Kevin Smith movie uses it. But okay. yeah, that's what they are. They're basically those guys who barely got out of high school, barely passed, you know, yeah. college. Which, of course, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Zabrowski. Henry Zabrowski. Henry Zabrowski <laughs> makes an appearance from yes. last podcast on the left, and he is delightful. Yeah. He, he plays a guy called Otter. And it's weird because his character is supposed to be real-life best friends with, like, John Barenthal's character. And uh, I would never picture John Barenthal hanging out with Henry Zabrowski. Really? I could. I could, definitely. Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I could see these characters, like, going to the same school. No, I can see, like... 
I know I John Barenthal. I, I can see John Barenthal's character like fishing otter out of a dumpster. John Barenthal in real life is like friends with. I think he is real life friends with Henry Zabrowski. It wouldn't surprise me. Like just like how John Hamm is real life best friends with Zach Galifianakis. Mm. It's it it doesn't surprise me. But John Barenthal's character when we were watching the movie and uh, DiCaprio just goes, and then at the age of 35, he died of a heart attack. I just looked at you and I was like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be 35 next year. And oh. he's in way better shape than me. Yeah, but he was doing, as the movie you know highlights, he was doing a shit ton of drugs. Ah, uh, the 80s. Ah, uh, the 80s. Like, and, you, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Drugs catch up with you. You know, like Tom Petty. Really? You're going to do that on the podcast? You want me to tell this story? I feel like you already have told this story. I've never told the story on the podcast. All right. So, Haley and I, the year we got married... Tom well, Pe- the year we were saving up to get married. No, it was 2017. We got married that year. Yes, but I'm saying this was before our actual wedding. Yes. Leading up to the wedding, in June, Tom Petty was coming to this area. And I had never gotten to see him. I'm like, Tom Petty's coming. Let's go. And... Haley goes, he comes every year. So why don't you just He wait? does. And then in August, he died of a heart attack. And I looked at you and I said, we could have saw Tom Petty. And you we'll, we'll all eventually see Tom Petty in heaven. <laughs> now we're Jordan Belfort. We're just learning to fly, Scott. But we ain't got wings. Don't coming come down. Around, don't come around here anymore. It's the hardest thing. Don't come around here anymore. <laughs> You're in the great into the great wide open. <laughs> last dance with Mary Jane. Anywho, oh, he did his last dance with Mary Jane, and it was in the year of 2017. Stop it! Not cool. <laughs> Makes me so sad. Anyways, Belfort. His, so there are a few scenes that I really like. I like the introduction of his dad. The scene where his dad is just like, fucking hell, who fucking calls during the fucking equalizer? And he, then he answers the phone and hello? he's like, hello. <laughs> that, that is a great introduction. We've seen a relative at some point do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like they're just losing. I've done that. Like, I think, at, like at home where I've just like been like, you know, on a tear and I'll just pick up the phone like, hi. <laughs> really? During the great British big off? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Hello. Why didn't you pause it? Who has a soggy bottom? Yeah. <laughs> but his introduction's great. Um, I think he's the only one who has a really good introduction because, like, Jonah Hill's introduction is really shitty. Like, him just going, hey, what do you do? What do you do for a living? I live in your building. I sell children's furniture. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Like, yeah. Like, and also, like, why, okay. Like, Even, what's her name? Um, Margo, like, why Mar- are you creeping on someone so much that you have to know what they do for a living? Yeah, no, I'm serious, too. Seriously, how much money do you make? I'm, I told you, 70000 Well, technically, 72000 last month. Something like that. You made seventy-two grand in one month? Yeah. I tell you what. You show me a pay stuff for $72,000 on it, I quit my job right now and I work for you. The only people who have good introductions are are Jordan's dad and I gotta say, Jordan Belfort's introduction is pretty good. Like, I mean, his movie is the introduction, but yeah, sure. There's a lion. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the commercial that yeah. they do. Stratton Oakmont. Yeah. Who... I'm trying to remember. They got someone famous to do the. I think it was Kevin Klein's voice is the the yeah. narrator for the Stratton Oakmont, which is mm. weird. But also, this movie's three hours long, and it could have been a tight two, and it would have been a much better movie. Uh, I don't know though. I don't know. Well, like, yeah, you take out some, you know, scenes of excessive like debauchery, and there's some dialogue. Like, there's a lot of back and forth that like. Just like the fishbowl, uh, yeah, the fishbowl thing was stupid. Um, I had to explain to you the that scene they, where they literally had a fish, they had a goldfish wrangler. The scene where they're discussing just like how they're just gonna, you know, hire you know little people and throw them at you know, oh, throw them on like I know why they did target. that, and it doesn't make sense. They did that because 
Scorsese was talking to Jonah Hill, and he's like, how do you guys do that in the Judd Apatow movies? And he's like, oh, we, we just, you know, we're talking about stuff, and the camera's rolling. Like, he, so they were just riffing yeah, for that scene. They, they like, kind of did it like, like Best in Show or, like, a Christopher Guest movie where they have, like, rough dialogue and, and yeah, they have this, it planned out. But, yeah. but Jonah Hill, I guess, just took There's it room for improvisation. <laughs> room for improvement. Room for improvement. Yeah. <laughs> or, or my college improv group, Improverish Lifestyle. Boo. That's what we were called. Boo. <laughs> <sighs> I can't win here. But getting back to the actual movie itself, like, it's very light. So I had, I said I had two major problems with the movie. And the second one is that they never show the other side, like the victims yeah, of, the, you know, his crimes. Like, even if, like, he just, like, passed oh, by a homeless person. About, you're talking about the, them. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of Goodfellas where they actually show, like, his wife's point of view or De Niro's point of view. Well, like, his wife's point of view, like, I mean, I think it's clear by the end of the movie. I, I'm, I'm talking about Kristen Milioti, not... Not what's her face. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they could have switched back and forth, like they did in Goodfellas. Yeah, I guess, like just to kind of like round out the story, but also like we never get a sense of like the other side of his crimes because there are people who really suffered because of what he did, but we don't see that. We just see the FBI telling him that. I really wish that they actually did the perspective of the FBI agent talking to the camera too. Yeah. Like, why he was working so hard. Because they kind of do the thing where, like, at the end of the movie, he's on the subway and, and the FBI agent is like, was it really worth it? You, you get the sense that he's asking yeah. himself that. Yeah. yeah. Or that he's like, well, yeah, that what he, what, uh, um, what Jordan Belfort said was true. Like, here I am at the end of the day and uh, on the subway. I do love Kyle Chandler. I, I do love when he shows up in movies. Yeah. But in this movie, I, I feel like he the was scene, miscast. The scene where, with him, you know, confronting Jordan on the yacht is really good. Yeah. And I like, I love the back and forth there. It also just proves how, how dumb Jordan Belfort was. Well, like, you know, it's like what they say about serial killers. Like, there's part of them that wants to get caught. <laughs> as as Jake weird... Gyllenhaal said in Zodiac, they, they want to help sometimes. Yes, I know. Well, it's not uncommon for people of like who like kill people or you know commit, you know, very serious crimes who insert themselves in a case. And that's what made that that's what made him look more guilty, right? But like they're trying to exercise an element of control because like Jordan Belfort, he's a control freak. Obviously, I mean, look at the way he runs his office. Right. So it only makes sense as part of his character. Like he has to he has to put himself in the middle of his own investigation. Right. And I still... But it's it's just, we only see really Jordan Belfort's side of it, and it's like, I don't really care so much about you. Yeah. Like, if we had seen the story from other perspectives at different points, it would have made the story more well-rounded, like I said, and just... It I kind of would have liked to see Jonah Hill's perspective. Le- yeah, and it would have painted him in a less charismatic light. I really would have loved to see Jonah Hill's perspective. Yeah. And, like, the FBI officer and, like, you know, talking to people who've, like, lost shit tons of money. Because oh, the they Swiss thought... banker. I would have loved his perspective. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Aunt Emma. <laughs> Aunt Emma? Joanna Well, Lumley. we do get, like, small asides where we can hear what's going on in their head, which, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, do that, but... Do it throughout the entire Yeah, movie. I don't like it when they just do it, like, kind of, like, like a once, a one-off. Yeah, they do, they do... It twice. Once with I Aunt hate Emma that. and then once with uh, Jean Dujardin. Yeah. Like, say what you will of the first Dune movie, but <laughs> but uh, at least they're consistent with the, you know. That's a studio note. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the inner thoughts right. portion of it. Yes. I don't like it when it's just done like once oh, Haley, in a movie, up, like inexplicably. You brought up our good friend David Lynch. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. See, David Lynch is a man who should have made The Wolf of Wall Street. I, yeah. I actually I think mean, it would have been much tamer, though. Yeah. 
Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> I, I feel like Scorsese went way too hardcore. They were doing so many. So the cocaine in this movie, in parentheses when I say cocaine, was uh, B12 vitamins. Uh-huh. And they were doing so much that DiCaprio got a sinus infection and uh, Jonah Hill got bronchitis and he was... Can't be doing that B12. He got decommissioned. Doesn't it cause breast cancer in men? I don't know. I think it does. That's why I stopped taking B12. <laughs> I don't know. Um, talk to your doctor, people. Um, <laughs> but, like, you're not supposed to be snorting stuff. Well, I, I'm sure there was other stuff that... There's other options that they could have done. But yeah. one of the m- moments that made me laugh out loud was when, like, they show him and he's drinking, like, drinking. He's t- He takes the lemons. He's drinking cocaine. He takes the lemons, which I guess is, like, a special quaalude or whatever. Yeah. And they show him trying to get back from the golf course. And in his mind, he thinks he, like, made it back without Safe. a scratch. Yeah. But then it cuts to showing his car all dinged up. And we realized, like, no, that was all in his head. And I, like, died. Yeah. Also, the... Because um, that is a metaphor for the movie. The and it's yacht- also a metaphor for drugs. The <laughs> yacht scene, when they're in the middle of, like, the storm, when they're, like, full Andrea Gale. Yeah. <laughs> they're full perfect storm. Yeah. That that scene made me so uncomfortable. It's like, and also just, like, it's like, yeah, he got all this stuff, but look how quickly he lost it. Yeah. Not just that, but... You want to lose your fucking yacht? Don't do drugs, kids. I think the the scariest thing for me was, like, after the yacht scene, they nearly all just died. Yeah. And then he's in the middle of, of like, the Italian naval base, and they're dancing to uh, Gloria. 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 And I'm like, that's more terrifying how, like... Him and his wife almost died, and his and Margot Robbie is just like well, dancing. because in her mind, like the mon- the money's still coming in. Yeah, you know she has no idea. I mean, she had to have some idea. But... So, so before they casted Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous, she was also on Spiker. Yeah, um, they uh, reached out to Julie Andrews. Oh, really? And she's like, "I'm not doing this." Yeah, no. <laughs> it would be like reaching out to Betty White to be in like. Raging Bull. To be fair, Betty White's been in some f- fun stuff. Yes, but th- she wouldn't do a hard R like this. <laughs> she has standards. Doing the proposal is one thing. Doing the Wolf of Wall Street where it opens up with him basically with prostitutes and doing cocaine. I don't think Betty White would have. Yeah. <laughs> That's. She's like, my Golden Girls days is way behind me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh. You make it sound like they got totally trashed on Golden Girl. Oh, yeah. But th- there are certain things in this movie that, like, I can't stand. I I always, I was taught in film school that talking to the camera yep. or narration of any kind does not work. Unless you're John Cusack in High Fidelity, it doesn't work. I feel like it's worked in some other places, too. But it I doesn't just, work here. Yeah. It does not work here. Because, like, you don't believe... DiCaprio as this guy like this whole America's Funniest Home Videos talking to the camera it just seems weird it seems out of left field and like you said I think it would have been better if we saw different perspectives at least if you're going to do that because they said that this was yuppie Goodfellas but it wasn't because Goodfellas at least has two perspectives and then on top of that they have backstories to everyone they have backstories to why De Niro is the way he is and why Joe Pesci is the way he is. We don't know why Jonah Hill is the way he is. Yeah. We don't know why Henry Zabrowski... We just, yeah, we just see them as, like, scumbags. Right. I will say the one character that I really liked the most of his brokers was uh, Kenneth Choi as Chester Ming. Mm-hmm. That guy is a chameleon. He's been in comedies. He's been in dramas. He played two different characters in the MCU, and no one noticed. Yeah. And they were supposed to be relatives. Yeah. And he he's great when he just punches that guy in the yeah. face, and they're hanging him outside the skyscraper. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care about Jordan Belfort. I don't care about his story, really. I mean, it, it's... He's no Lincoln. It, well, just when it's told in, in this format, because like I said, they make him too sympathetic, and... 
I I just I'm not interested. Yeah, and like the heart of the story is from the real Jordan Belfort that they didn't even tackle is he was he was always looking for his next Brad, the the guy who John Barenthal played. And after he died, he was at like a loss, and they never really covered that. That's why in his seminar he's like, "Sell me this pen," because he's trying to find someone who has the initiative that Brad had, and they yeah. don't explain that correctly. Once again, I mean, this I is a Save by the Bell. Episode. I think it's kind of understood. Like I got what he was doing, but it's just like you said, there there's not enough of a hard fall. No. He gets a very cushy landing. When how upset were you the first time you saw it and they show him in prison and you you think, oh, he's gonna be like, you know, beaten up or like get his ass kicked the first day. He's playing. You tennis. said ass kicked, I was thinking something totally different. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. Uh, yeah, he yeah, he he's playing tennis. But also he broke the rules when he was wearing the wire. And they come to his house and they're like, you're going to jail. But then they show him, that's the other thing, they show him like actually getting the deal that he signed up for. Because he then, he says that he then But that's ratted. not how that works. That was how it worked in, in uh, 1995 <sighs> or 97. Um, like, because what he ended up doing is he's like, no, what? I thought that they cared about me. I have nothing left. I'll just rat on everyone. I think he also, I don't think they touched on it, but I think he tried ratting on his real-life wife, too. I mean, I don't know the level of her involvement with regard. I mean, sure, I'm I'm sure she had to know stuff. Like, they show her, like, participating in the scam with, like, you know. The money laundering. The, the money laundering and everything. But, you know. Yeah. Again, there's there's only so much we can believe about this movie. Also, there's no way that, even in the beginning, if you think he's empathetic or sympathetic, as soon as he basically starts beating the hell out of Margot Robbie, there's no... And there is, like, I, I would say there is sexual assault that takes place. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, nothing redeemable at No, and yet, they still, like, after that, it's just like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm not interested in where you go from here. Just, you know, put him, throw him in the cell, you know, throw away the key. I'm not interested. He's not a redeemable character. Yeah. And the real life guy, know how you know that the real life Jordan Belfort is a bad person? He's produced two or three Hulk Hogan movies. Really? Yeah. He, not, su- not surprised. He is the producer of Santa Claus with Muscles. Hmm. And that weird one where he is Jekyll and hiding when he's pulling a nut. You mean he gives people things that they neither wanted nor asked for? Right. Like his, his IMDb as a producer. So he's just continuing his career then? He he produced in the 90s. He produced a whole bunch of direct to like video Chuck Norris and like Eric Roberts like action movies. Ah. Uh. And I honestly. You see this? This is the face of pure disinterest well i think he pulled a producers i think he made more money on them than they cost and when they tanked no one noticed oh will you look at that you mean he was doing a scam yeah i i love how as is consistent with his character i love how he said that he's an honest businessman the whole movie and everyone's not he's like no he don't and word to the wise out there don't go to these fucking seminars because the next thing you know you end up with a sash and then there's an hbo documentary series about you yeah just don't do it you're basically getting pulled out with the help of aunt beru don't do it you want help go to a licensed therapist yeah the other crazy thing about like those seminars too is have you ever heard the tony robbins story no in one of his ceremonies, they made a documentary about it. Tony Robbins is pulling a Jordan Belfort, and he's basically coaching someone how to succeed. Uh-huh. But he he's like, do you have a boyfriend? And she goes, yeah, he's the love of my life, and he's everything I ever wanted. Call him right now and break up with him. They filmed it. <laughs> they filmed Why? What would be the purpose of that? He's going to hold you back. You're not going to succeed, even if he supports you right now. Break up with him. Okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, don't go to these fucking seminars, people. Don't go. Don't sell him that pen. Don't try to sell Jordan Belfort that pen. Yeah, but also, it's like you've seen the journey that Jordan Belfort is on. Why would you be, even be interested in... Well, the, the biggest, like... Even if, like, half the shit is untrue, which it is, but, 
Jordan, you know, Jordan Belfort, the real life Jordan Belfort, is kissing his own ass in this movie. Oh yeah, because hard. Literally, hard. he's the one who introduces Jordan Belfort at the end of the movie, and he's like, one of the greatest guys I know, a brilliant businessman, a world class citizen. Blah blah blah. He, I'm like, you motherfucker. You, yeah. You are basically you scammed real people out of this. You're getting away with murder. You have one of the biggest actors of all time playing you. Yeah. Directed by one of the biggest directors of all time. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, Jordan Belfort. And he got away with it. He, basically, he's still rich. He doesn't have his Long Island mansion, but yeah. he, he has. He's comfortable, I'm sure. He, he has a New York, like, penthouse or something like that. Yeah. He got away with murder. Yeah. There's a lot of rich people who get away with a lot of things. And and Donnie And Azoff, if you're thinking what you're thinking, yeah, I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm saying it. And the real life Donnie Azoff was a combination of two different guys. So there were two guys. But know what we haven't talked about? The whole marrying the cousin thing. <laughs> We glossed that, yeah, that, over that them. conversation. Yeah. Oh no, it's not what you think. I mean, she is my cousin. Oh, and so I did she's marry like a fourth her. or fifth cousin? No, no, she's my cousin. But like, like you a know, first cousin? She's really yeah. fucking hot, and I like I can't let other people fuck my cousin. I gotta fuck my own cousin because you know it's a respect thing. That that entire conversation is upsetting. Yeah. You didn't need that characteristic in there. I mean, hey, I think it's just highlighting like just how fucked up all these people are we already knew like as soon as uh, you know i when we when we meet jonah hill he's wearing you just take a look at those pearly white teeth and you just know well not just that he also has a sweater on top of a polo shirt <laughs> yeah yeah like that's the that's the flat the international flag of douchebags everywhere yeah and he has the pop collar it's like yeah no well, well, the other thing, too, is when I see Jonah Hill's wardrobe in this movie, it just reminds me in Wayne World 2 when they have Garth and he's trying to be a gentleman because he's dating mm-hmm. Kim Basinger and he has, like, the popped collar and the, the, the straightened hair. That's what it reminds me of. Uh. Uh, also, Jonah Hill was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. DiCaprio, uh, honestly, DiCaprio could... Lissai. DiCaprio could fart and get nominated for an Oscar. Well, he could get nominated, but not necessarily win. Yeah. He had to crawl through the wilderness to get one of those. Well, because he would have won for The Departed if he just took the nomination. But Scott, Blood Diamond. <laughs> the Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. That movie, that movie I'm not going to even touch with a 10-foot pole because there was so much controversy on that movie. Mm. People died making that movie. People died. Really? Yes. Oh. Yes. How? Um, the the set wasn't safe enough. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. So I heard about it in film school. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching that movie. Yeah. But DiCaprio didn't take the nomination for Departed, and he thought this movie was going to win him because he won the Golden Globe. For for best comedic actor, mm. this is supposed to be a comedy, but it's not funny. It's really not. Like it, it just reminds us of like the early aughts. This feels like an early when aughts. you realize like that he just gets away with it all. I just don't think that's you know how can you find that funny? Because it's just a reminder of you know that you know terrible people and who have money can get away with pretty much anything. Well, yeah. And I hear you thinking it. And yes, you are correct. <laughs> Anywho. I don't even need to say it. We're all thinking it. Anyhoozle. There was a this this is a movie that had a motion poster. Like no Oh, okay. Yeah, the motion poster that if you were walking towards it. Yeah, it, yeah, it I had know the what you're image talking about. Of either DiCaprio with his hands in front of him. Uh-huh. Like like very stern or him like shrugging like eh yeah <laughs> like i got away with it yeah and i'm like you zach morris son of a bitch <laughs> like like i i'm i'd like to think that this movie is clever enough where 
it's doing that for the purposes of making us angry and realizing what douchebags these people are, but it, it just went about it in such a weird, convoluted, Haley, circuitous way. This goes past douchebag, and these people are douche canoes. There's two. <laughs> We're going full douche canoe. Get your paddle. Everything about this movie, like, from from the way it was shot, like, Scorsese made mistakes on purpose mm-hmm. to anger people. He even said that. He's like, yeah, I, I did wrong camera angles to make people upset. Like, I wanted people to leave this Is movie. there such a thing as a wrong camera angle? There so? is. Um, because when you're... When you're filming a movie, you're only supposed to do, like... Are you doing wrong camera angles, or are you making art? <laughs> you're only supposed to show 180 degrees, so the fourth wall that they're looking at is... Well, he's breaking down walls, Scott. Yeah, so they Martin filmed... Martin Scorsese is taking those walls, and he is busting through them. So they film 360 degrees around the entire room, and you're uh, not supposed to do that. Also, I don't think... But he did it. You're also not supposed to show, like, a helicopter, like, because of what happened in the Twilight Zone movie uh-huh. and the reason why I'm terrified of, of... Well, it was a fake helicopter. Was it? I'm sure it was. Like, they, they, they probably showed him getting out of a body, but the part that was moving was probably CGI. God, I hope so. Because, like... <laughs> that, that makes my... Scott butt... waking up in the middle of the night. Ah, helicopters! Yeah, that, that makes my butt pucker. Like... like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was so tense watching that I can scene. feel it from all the way on the other side of the couch. I was so tense. <laughs> it makes me, like, when... It's happening again. So the craziest thing, after we watched this the other night, we watched it basically until midnight, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't have gone to sleep watching it, because I woke up, I had a dream that I, I had different jobs working on this movie. <laughs> Like, I had a dream that I was Margot. And you're like, no, no more. I, I was Margot Robbie's, like, uh, diction coach and, and speech coach. Okay, you, okay. <laughs> what? Margot Robbie's diction coach. No, like, I had to. <laughs> I know, it's just that I heard the word dick. I was like, where's this going? No. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And then, like, I had to basically be the one to teach uh jonah hill how to to basically uh talk with the teeth on like yeah i i i had such a i couldn't even be successful in my own dreams (laughs) i couldn't even be like the director i couldn't be scorsese in my own dream i was like basically it's like bert kreischer says who fails in their own imagination (laughs) i failed in my own imagination (laughs) That's so upsetting. <sighs> Just makes me hate this movie even more. Yeah. But, like, this movie is three hours long. And I can't tell you what happened in maybe the first 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I can't tell you what happened leading to to him cutting the deal. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a jumbled mess. The stuff that sticks out is like him getting caught cheating on his wife with with Margot yeah. Robbie. The whole um Brad getting arrested. Yeah. Because Jonah Hill, like Jonah Hill gives a great performance, but how much of it is like Jonah Hill and how much of it is the actual character? Mm, that's Cause, interesting. Cuz Jonah Hill has even said that like he is an upsetting person to me. He he hands out a card that says, sorry for disappointing you. That's kind of funny, actually. But, like, I do like Jonah Hill. I think, in my opinion, in this movie, the two best things in this movie are his performance and Margot Robbie's performance. Yeah, Margot Robbie does a really good job. Um, and then I actually think uh, DiCaprio's performance is maybe the fifth or sixth best in the movie. Yeah, I would say it's not the greatest. I mean, when Barenthal's you- is better. Yeah. And Rob Reiner's performance is really good. Yeah. But, like, this isn't, like, top-tier DiCaprio. No. Like, DiCaprio's best roles are, I think, what What's Eating Gilbert Grape, uh, The Departed. I've never seen The Departed, so. Um, Titanic, obviously. Mm. And Inception. Okay. I'll or- take your word for it. I don't... <laughs> I don't know, like, all of his movies, so. Catch me if you can. 
Aviator. Uh, yeah. Revenant. <laughs> the Beach. Mm. He was supposed to be Rick O'Connell. And oh, I'm so glad he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, this shit doesn't feel I have like... my Rick O'Connell and he is perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, someone who, who should have been Jordan Belfort. Someone who is not DiCaprio. I think Ed Norton is the one person who, like, sticks out in my mind would have been a good Jordan Belfort. I guess, yeah. Ed Norton is that type of character. Like, he can be really empathetic, He can, or he can be, like, really awful to be around. Yeah. Like, like he's played those characters before. Yeah. In the Fight Club, in the score. Or if you're not going to do Ed Norton, like, you want someone who's 2013 appropriate. Uh, Andrew Garfield. Um... I guess. Chris mm-hmm. Evans. Chris Evans things. actually would have been good. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, or just Joseph Gordon. I think that's why Joseph Gordon Levitt didn't do the movie because he wanted to play Jordan Belfort. Didn't do what movie? He, remember we said earlier in the podcast that he was offered the John Barenthal role and he turned it down? I think he wanted to play. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt wanted to play Jordan Belfort. Okay, I don't know what John Barenthal role you're talking about. In this movie, in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. You really are tired. No, I'm just, I just don't want to talk about this movie anymore, I'll be honest. All right, so let's wrap this up. We've talked, uh, we didn't spend three hours like the movie, but bagels. Um... I mean, I have to give it one because there was one moment where I laughed out loud. Um, there's a couple good performances in the movie. Um, I'll give it four. I'll give it five. Because I there some of some of the because um, yeah the the best performances of Margot Robbie, Jonah Hill, Reiner, Matthew McConaughey steals this movie. Yeah, and for he's the in brief period that he's in it. Yeah, yeah. And it is a Scorsese movie, so it does get a bagel for that. Because <laughs> mm. it's Scorsese. You can't take off. I don't believe in giving bagels just because somebody directed it. Uh, he's a legend. I don't. <laughs> really? Is he, though? Yes. He made Mean Streets. Okay. He made Hugo. Okay. Poor Hugo. I, I'm just, I just don't believe in giving a bagel just because a person well, is I who they Scorsese. are. Well, I love Scorsese. I love Scorsese. Okay. Um, but, yeah, five. Okay. So next time we're going to be watching Vice. Not me. I'm not, not watching it. No, no. It's me. Me and Mike Dunn from Make It Stop. Oh. If you want to watch it before we talk about it on the podcast, you can find it on Hulu. And if you want to find out more Bagel Basket stuff, you can go to Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook page. And you can always email us at writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Haley, sweetie, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. I'm sorry that it was the Wolf of Wall Street. You should be. <laughs> well, <laughs> b- before we picked The Wolf of Wall Street, we picked A Scent of we, a Woman. We, we tried to find a different movie. We tried to do Scent of a Woman, but we couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And we were so excited to talk about that movie. And instead we did this. Yeah. Because it was free. So, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Well, bye. Bye.